Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 16 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and spirit guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, I interview Herman Lee of the band Dragon Force, who are about to release their newest album, Reaching Into Infinity. Also in this episode, Federico of the band Destrage tells us about his first band, and I recommend the band Without Waves. So, before I jump into it with Herman, here is a bit of Dragon Force loveliness with their track, and my favorite track of theirs, Strike of the Ninja. Not bad, how are you, Herman? I'm good, thanks. Fantastic. Um, well, I figure we'll just go ahead and dive in. Yeah, I know you've got a lot of uh, chatting with folks today, and probably for the cool. next foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the uh, new album drops in May, uh, Reaching Into Infinity. Uh, I feel like the title is kind of, at my interpretation personally, is that it's the band trying to grab something they can't quite get or constantly reaching for something uh would you say this is an apt interpretation or am i completely off uh it's what we're trying to say along the cover is um you know the music the music we play or metal generally is kind of a you know it's got an infinite potential to reach different kind of people and it's kind of a timeless thing so on the cover is showing some kind of wormhole or time you know you know, that, you know, we say, you know, in physics anyway, wormhole can travel through time. So we just say it's kind of a, t- you know, it represents the timelessness of um, the music and something you can escape out of, you know, the, the music and forget about whatever crazy things you um, happening in the world, wherever you're at, you know, just put, put the headphones in. That's kind of what it's trying to say, you know, in terms of that. Uh, you mentioned wormholes and that sort of thing, uh, th- and there's always been an element of sci-fi to the Dragon Force uh, imagery and spirit. Uh, are you big into sci-fi yourself? Um, I have to say, that movies, I, I like sci-fi movies a lot, actually, more than the other ones. Um, and I kind of, um, I'm a I'm a physics guy, actually, yeah. <laughs> what are some of your favorite uh, sci-fi films? Um... I mean, my favorite, I guess it's Aliens. <laughs> um, but a recent one I saw that was good. Um, I can't remember what is that called. In, Inter, is it Inter? Interstellar? Inter something. Interstellar. Yeah, that was a good movie. I uh, like that one. I've heard good things. Maybe we'll give it a go. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's sci-fi. It can, you know, it's whatever at the end, you know. I, I just don't like a movie that try to be serious, but they're completely off in every single way that, you know, all the information is completely wrong, you know. As somebody who's into physics, do you uh, notice flaws in sort of any sort of formulas or uh, just accuracy in 
uh, sci-fi or media. I mean, it's all theory anyway. You can't really, you know, not all, but you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert physicist. You know, I don't study it <laughs> at a high level. I'm just kind of into into some of it. That makes sense. Uh, coming back to the new to the new record, I, I read that you're a big Dream Theater fan, and the Edge of the World kind of sounds like the band's first huge foray into being really, really proggy. Uh, is this something you've tried to do in the past, and this is like kind of the first um, go at something like this, or do you feel uh, do you ever feel just like going crazy time signatures, all that kind of kind of stuff? Well. It- you know, that song is a long song, but it's not really proggy. And what I mean is actually someone asked me that. I said, well, do you feel like, you know, this is a um, prog song? It's actually um, written by Fred, but, and it wasn't, it's not, I, I said it's not proggy because the drum beat is not proggy. You know, a prog song have to have the drum beat that you can't count properly, you know, <laughs> you know, unless you, you understand the time, weird time signature. So I would say, you know, it's got a good theme and a storyline to it. So it's more of an epic kind of a um, Dragon Force style song than a proggy song, I would say. Uh, but you are indeed a big Dream Theater fan? Oh, yeah. I would say Dream Theater is my favorite band if I had to pick one. If you were to do something outside of Dream Theater, would you go prog? You mean... Oh, sorry, Dragon Force. Mean... My apologies. <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> um, I, I love prog um prog music metal prog metal and stuff like that playing it i don't know maybe i enjoy more playing it at home than playing it on stage at a band because for me live live show i like to do different kind of thing i like to run around jump around and kind of relax and when you play that kind of technical music is that you have to put yourself in a different kind of environment on stage actually uh, you running around on stage actually brings me to a question I had initially planned later, but I'll ask it now. What is the worst injury you sustained? Because I've seen you guys run into each other and fall down and that sort of thing. What is the uh, most intense injury, I guess? I don't know. I'm, I get a lot of bruises on my legs um, because I kick the guitar a lot. And, you know, if you don't hit it right, I mean, okay, this is one then. So if you, if I don't... I do kind of a flying knee on the guitar and I catch it and make kind of weird sound doing it. If I don't kick or knee the guitar correctly or get the angle right, actually once it hit me in the balls, that really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of put me out of the game for a little bit. I was, I was on stage, I was in pain just kind of finishing the songs. Oh man, this, that was brutal. Yeah. Do you practice these moves? I don't practice them um, outside of playing on stage. So all these moves, weird stuff, was developed from playing a lot of live shows, and you just want to have fun and and do something, interact with the audience. That's cool. Like I, I can't imagine you standing in front of a mirror trying to get it just right and just constantly hitting yourself in the balls. It's got it. It always seemed like a very spur of the moment thing, but you know, if if you hit yourself enough times in the balls, you kind of want to nail it. So you never know. You know what I I. I was, they were asking me to reproduce it, you know, like in a photo shoot, and they were going to take a shot at it. And I just couldn't do it correctly, like on stage, just without the whole atmosphere. You know, I couldn't kick, I couldn't knee the guitar hard enough that it flies in the air and, and hit back at me and catch. But on stage, I've done it so many times, but, but just couldn't do it when they were like, oh, we want to take a picture, we want to take a picture. 
something yeah. about becoming really self-aware of what you're doing ruin the moment and the magic of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also in the press release for the new record, uh, Fred is quoted saying that uh, he lost his temper at some, and all of you did at some point. What are some of the things that set you guys off in the studio making this record? Well, I actually didn't lose my temper at all. Um, I'm pretty chill out these days compared to, you know, previous albums. I just kind of um, have a different mindset these days working. I just kind of um, find a different zone, I think, um, that I'm able to work better. So, I mean, but some of those guys were a bit frustrated, you know, when they they try, you know, they're always trying to do the best possible. And sometimes, you know, you need to do another take. You thought, oh man, that was just 90% perfect. There was one moment that just didn't feel right. So they get a bit frustrated, but me personally, I'm kind of chilled out these days. I don't, I don't really feel it. What has you so chill these days as opposed to in the early days of the band? I don't know. I think it's um, from experience and learning how to work with people. And sometimes you just can't get it out at that time. So if I if I was to get frustrated, I just stop doing it. I don't even get frustrated. I just go and um, do something else and come back to it. Uh, it was also in there that Sam and Fred basically wrote this entire album. What do you bring to the studio when uh, a song is nearing completion, or how do you? What is your um, your role in these songs? Um, the way I'm like the outside view guy. So I say, well, actually, this is not that cool. Oh, this is really cool. I think we should shorten this part. And they can't look at it objectively that way because, you know, they they, they, they work in a song at, um, together, working those songs in a different way. So that's kind of how the road's been for me in the last two albums, do some, you know, do a kind of outside view and, you know, do the changes after the songs was written kind of thing. And then when we work on the songs, you know, when we work at the song, the demo stage, that's when I, that's when we start making changes together with the band and Mark and everyone. So everyone has to come in later on. You just need someone to start the spark. So in a way, you're kind of like the quality control on these albums or the last night? Yeah, I'm the annoying guy. I always <laughs> say something about something. So, but but they understand you know like sam don't have a problem they always ask so what do you think I, and i give my opinion with no i don't hold any punches let's say <laughs> in a creative environment it's probably for the best if you're trying to get the best qual uh, possible product out there so that's respectable um in the early days of the band i read somewhere that you did the uh the covers for them is this true or is this something that's not the covers, like the, like the, uh, some of the visual, the imagery, the, uh, I, I read one, one place that you did the cover art for a couple of the albums. Um, uh, I wouldn't say I did it, but all the covers, the ideas originally comes from, um, you know, one of us in the, in the band. So, you know, we usually draw it on a piece of paper or say, this is how it's going to be and then get it, get it done you know, ask an artist that can do it really well to get it done. But um, maybe to talk about the production side, I mean, that's what we did at the beginning. Um, first four, four, I mean, Sam and I produced the first four albums. Yeah. Uh, is the visual artist art side of things something you do on the side or do you, is it just kind of like you pitch this idea to uh, an artist, they bring it back? Definitely pitch it to the artist to do it. I mean, I, you know, I have a good knowledge of a lot of skills on the computer from graphics to video editing to sound editing, production, all that. But I'm not um, 
graphics i'm not like that level i can't make that kind of things you know so i we, we always get a professional who's very good at doing it yeah editing video i you know i i did the edits of the dvd and stuff like that the blu-ray release you know i was comfortable with that but making art that's another that's another how do you say painful journey you can <laughs> say because it's a is a um illogical something you know it's all subjective it's illogical art like music course was the band's Through the Fire and the Flames from their live album Twilight Dementia. I'll have more with Herman Lee from Dragon Force in just a moment, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Federico of the band Destrage tells us about his heavy metal origins. Uh, I got my first band when I was 12, and we... Um, we played, it, it was called Pericolo d'Incendio, which means danger of fire, something like that. And, uh, but the logo of the band was like a road signal with a man farting fire. <laughs> and, um, and for this reason, we actually played, um, how can I explain, like, uh, comedy music uh nonsense music trying to be you know funny and stupid <laughs> that was the first idea and then i got involved in a in a metal band when i was 17 which was called um amniotic count and uh, and i played with them for four years Four years straight, and we won contest contest in Italy, and uh, it's been a very good experience, to be honest. And when I quit, when I quit the band, I decided that I don't want, to, I didn't want to play metal music anymore, and to focus to other things. And then Destrage came out after three months, <laughs> so I literally been playing. No, I've not been playing metal for literally three months of my life, <laughs> even if I didn't want to, but that's what happened in the end.
Federico and the Rest of Destroyage released their fourth album, Means No End, last year. And you can find out more about the band at facebook.com slash Destrage. I'll have more with Herman Lee in just a moment, but first, here's some of the band's cover of Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. Changing gears completely, uh, some of your guitar, pay- guitar playing, frankly, makes your guitar sound not like a guitar. Famously, there's like the Pac-Man noise in Through the Fire and the Flames. Uh, is there a sound that you tried to mimic that you've heard with a guitar that you've been unable to like to recreate? Good question, actually. Um, you know, I'm trying to f- always trying to find new ways of making making guitar sounds but i'm fr- throwing ping pong balls to the guitar to you know i remember flushing the toilet while the headstock was touching the you know touching the toilet to make see if it vibrate through the guitar into the pickups and all that kind of weird stuff what does so, that uh, sound like sorry to interrupt but that's i've never heard of that <laughs> it sounded crap it was just, <laughs> wasn't any good so i think we did that on the third album actually <laughs> what the hell we were doing i have no idea um but um you know it's it's quite challenging actually to find new sounds that that you like so luckily a lot of the stuff we like that are kind of video game sounds you can kind of do the guitar um with you know with the different pieces of metal and different stuff you can do so so far so far so good but i'm you know i'm also trying to combine different um, effects pedals at the same time to make these sounds. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned being big on video games. Are you more of a classic guy or do you keep up with the newer consoles and stuff? I mean, I, I love the classic stuff. Um, I have the new consoles, but I don't really play the play. Don't have time to play them. Um, at the moment I'm playing a driving simulation VR game on the PC um called Seto Corsa. It's a cool cool um cool driving game that actually helps me develop real driving skills from the simulator. So I've been doing that a bit. Do you think you'd get a switch and take it on the road with you guys? The Nintendo Switch? Oh I don't have that one. I don't think I'm gonna get it anyway. I you know I bought the P- PS Vita. I mean I took it on a flight ten times and never kind of played a game on it. I couldn't just don't. So I, I think I've given up on buying a um, um, portable console now. I just use my phone and play games on that if I need to. I find myself being a strictly portable guy for some reason, and uh, I was going to get your take on the Switch, but oh well. <laughs> well, you know, it's um, 
is I'm not into paying money early to buy buggy buggy hardware at the moment. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, um, you guys are such a unique band, and I feel like in, in that regard, you guys have toured with a lot of uh, interesting uh, tour mates. Um, a friend of mine saw you guys with Horse the Band, and he you're one of uh, his favorite bands. And he thought mm-hmm. the pairing with Horse the Band was rather odd. Have you ever? Uh, what are some bands that you thought you guys were paired strangely with? You can still be a fan of them. You just didn't quite understand, I guess. Uh, well, you know, I thought they were cool. They were cool fitting for the bill. I know a lot of people said that was weird. I thought, what they had crazy keyboard player doing weird stuff, Nintendo sound. Yeah, they have a guy randomly shouting stuff and. You know, playing weird guitar, that's that kind of fitting, but I guess people didn't see it that way. They wanted the glorious epic songs or something. Um, we, um, I don't know, we played, a, I guess it's weird to play the Slipknot and Disturb, maybe some people would say. Um, is that a weird pair or with Killswitch Engage, with two of those bands, two of the uh, Machine Head? Uh, so... That's equally as weird as that. And then we did um, Teresa's, kind of a weird, they call it battle metal, whatever they want to call it. So um, I don't really know. We kind of fit in with everyone. We got we got fast song, heavy songs, and we got um, big choruses. Maybe the people confused because we sing. <laughs> I can see uh, if you're at a Teresa show and you're wearing your body paint and you're getting ready to go to battle as an audience member, and then uh, you guys you know, backflips and stuff like that. It might be a little unexpected. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, um, you know, we, we've, I guess we played the Epica in Europe and some of the Epica fans have never heard of Dragon Force. They say, oh, you guys, is this your first album? I thought that was weird, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess we really, you know, some people have just never heard of our existence. So that's a good thing. You know, they don't have to be, um, you know, how to say, um, get their mind, you know, how to say, they're coming in fresh. It's always kind of cool. Uh, I, I always kind of felt like with the um, Guitar Hero exposure you guys had that you uh, people who are in the metal scene may have heard of you, but to hear Epica fans don't aren't aware of you, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, I wonder yeah. if that's something that didn't quite reach uh, the Epica scene or... Yeah, I, I guess it's a different scene, the whole kind of a female fronted more classical vocals kind of kind of bands you know maybe i don't know i i also recently read that you and sam worked with baby metal what was that experience like and are you surprised with their uh, international success that they are currently experiencing yeah that, that was a that was a really cool experience working with them you know making the song recording the guitars recording the song for that uh road of resistance which came, and we we did that um, months before the first album came out. So imagine how long ago that was, actually. And it took a while for the song to come out, like a year after until the song actually came out. Um, but um, they were really they were really fun. And we kind of, um, that was the only guest um, playing with Sam and I have ever done outside Dragon Force. So um, we thought they had something special. There was something different and fun about it. And... That's why we decided to do it. We we have to turn down a lot of these things actually a lot of the time because um we just you know pretty busy but we really made the that that kind of baby metal thing just kind of came at the right time at the you know 
when we weren't busy and it's just a it was the right fun thing for us we believed that we could contribute to that made it good yeah um your cover of a uh, ring of fire is something i find very cool and very interesting and uh, rather unique but it made me wonder if there are any any other tracks that either haven't been released or have been worked on and scrapped that dragon force attempted to cover no i think ev every song we've played or i mean recorded has been released pretty much apart from new stuff not yet but soon it will be Alrighty, sir. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. I'm looking forward to, well, I've actually already heard the new record, but I'm looking forward to when everybody else can, can hear it and enjoy it as well. Uh, congratulations on all your success and um, have a good rest of your day, sir. Thank you. Thanks for the interview. No, thank you. Thank you. Take care. All the best. You as well. Dragon Force will release her sixth album on May 19th. Once again, it is called Reaching Into Infinity. For more Dragon Force, you can head to facebook.com slash dragonforce and their website, www.dragonforce.com. I like to end every episode with a recommendation, and in this episode, I am recommending the band Without Waves. They are a progressive collective, and they've released their latest album, Lunar. It is fantastic, and here's a taste of that. This is Sewing Together the Limbs.
For more on Without Waves, you can head to facebook.com slash withoutwavesmusic or withoutwaves.bandcamp.com. That will do it for this episode. If you want to talk to me, you can email farbeyondmetaldan at gmail.com. Head to facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal, and I am on Twitter at Ovacord. As always, the theme music is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thanks for listening. A Catbox Production.